1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Jess Navarro. joined alongside Aisha Morrison and Christy Skills. It felt so good to say good afternoon. Can I just say that? Boys, say. Eh. I missed this 4 o'clock slot, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know about y'all, but that, uh, those, mornings, those that morning podcasts? That early was hurting. It hurts. It, it is hurting. nice
2: to be back in the groove, mm-hmm. a real regular season groove, the mm-hmm. whole team, Welcome not just back girls Talk, Boys Talk.
1: to the regular season, yes. everybody. Finally. Finally. Uh, just let that, like settle for a second that it is officially regular season mode not just here at the star and frisco but really across the nfl everybody preparing uh for the first regular season matchups which is a lot uh and and fun all at the same time but we're gonna get into it because we don't waste time here despite what people think and say in the comments that we talk too much even though you're <laughs> listening to a podcast i don't know what you expect oh lord um <laughs> Again, we were talking about um, the last episode we did, how Mike McCarthy does these press conferences, and then your ears perk up. And I sit behind you in the press conferences. Ayesha was sitting next to me, and we saw your little ears perk up when Mike McCarthy mentioned a couple of these nuggets in his press conference yesterday. The guys are off today, so they're, again, in that regular season schedule mode. Mike McCarthy talked about how different... Regular season game preparation is uh, compared to preseason games. Something that I thought was interesting is he mentioned, you know, usually you have some context, you have uh, previous games to go off of when you're in the midst of the season. You only have reputation when it comes to this regular season game. But I wanted to ask you, Christy, we talked about how different this is going to be practice wise. We're in regular season mode. How much does that change for the Cowboys? Well,
2: it's the fact that it's the season opener. And so even though you're playing the New York Giants, a team that you have a lot of familiarity with, and yes, they've added a few key players and there's always a bit of of roster turnover of course going into the start of of the season but the New York Giants they have their same coordinators from last year Wink Martindale defensive coordinator Mike Kafka is the offensive coordinator but it's the number of unscouted looks Mm. that are expected so when we're talking about scouted looks when you get to regular season practices um, the scout team The practice squad guys and your second and third teamers are pretending this week to be the New York Giants. So they are running plays that you expect to see on Sunday night in the game. And they wear all these different colors on their helmets to (laughs) indicate if they're red, they're a wide receiver, if they're blue on their helmet that means they're a tight end if they green they're pretending to be a uh, running back so all these little things there will be a penny it's probably Darren Waller someone's going to pretend to be Darren Waller the uh, new tight end for the Giants but Mike McCarthy said that really through the first month of the season basically 35 percent of the plays are unscouted over a third of the plays and even against a team like the Giants that you know so well there's just going to be things that you aren't expecting. We talked with J. Ron Curse about that yesterday um, in the locker room. He's like, yeah, that's just, you know, you, you have to um, expect that you're going to see some different things. And the Giants defense, you know, they have a couple of rookie cornerbacks that they're going to be starting back there and then move Adoree Jackson into the slot. So it, it's a real challenge uh, for the staffs, even though you would think, oh, you know, you've had all offseason to prepare. You know these guys anyway because you plan twice a year it's the same coordinators but over a third of the looks that you're going to get in the game are going to be unsc- are unscouted you don't know what to expect
3: yeah and this is why they say I've always heard that what is your team in week six week eight what are they starting to look like at that time in the season because that's about the time that teams have gotten enough tape on you they've gotten enough film on you something that came to me today when I was driving here was the fact that you know to add on is that I believe that Similarly, similarly to when Dan Quinn came in and he flipped this defense and it was a totally different look. Okay, well, I believe that with Mike McCarthy coming in with this new system that, I, you know, obviously it's, it's West Coast, so there's those foundational things you do but there are going to be wrinkles. There are going to be things from Kellen Moore's offense that he said that they were going to keep here. So I do, I, th- I think it's a bit of an advantage, even so for the Cowboys, maybe even more than the other average team is the fact that they have a new coordinator coming with a new system, and just like you said, Christy, they've also added new players. Yeah,
2: because Deuce Vaughn, how are they going to utilize him? Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. something with a fullback, with mm-hmm. Hunter Lipke, yeah. and, uh, you know, not to mention Brandon Cooks. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. You, you think Oh, poor Mike McCarthy and his staff. No, (laughs) poor Brian Dayball and his staff. Absolutely. A lot to work
3: with. Yeah.
1: I also love that McCarthy talked about how not every game is the same for him, that he's never called a game exactly the same way. For all of the years that he's been doing this, he talked about how his uh, call sheet changes game to game. And I think that's so important for anybody to really understand when it comes to the job of being the play caller for the team, whether it's Mike McCarthy or anybody else across the league. I thought that was such interesting insight when you really think about it, because the call sheet is something that, you know, you just kind of you think about, and especially with terms of Mike McCarthy calling the plays. It's not something that you really think of the details in and the way Mike McCarthy details details. How he thinks about things and the way he views football is so interesting in these press conferences. I mean, he gives you just these little bits of information that really open up a wider conversation. And I think how he calls the plays is just going to be so, so interesting uh, these first few weeks since they're kind of getting everybody's getting their feet on the ground. That's why you talk about December football and why it's yeah. such a big deal everybody's ready at that point everybody's warmed up if you will so um, very excited to see that by the way I forgot to mention if you want to text us a question today please do so at 817-290-3298 we're going to be answering your questions throughout this entire episode um ladies real quick when you're talking in terms of you know Chris you mentioned the running back room Mike McCarthy talked about the running back room saying you know I've had two ones really for the entire time that I've been here so the running back room does change what is an aspect of this Cowboys offense with Mike McCarthy calling the plays that you're looking forward to kind of keying in this week with everything starting up is there is it the run game is it the pass game I know an emphasis for them has been the pass pro what are you more interested to kind of zone in on as Mike McCarthy gets his feet wet with the play calling?
2: Well, he's he has made clear um, that... Running the ball is a priority this year. I mean, it's a priority every year, and that's just one of those truisms of football. But uh, I think that when you talk about the additions, you know, Brandon Cooks and uh, everyone's real excited about the pass game. But with Tony Pollard as the lead back, and then uh, I think Rico Dowdle's more than a capable backup running back. I think he can – you know carry ball it's going to be interesting to see what they do on some of the short yardage things if Mm. if they uh use Hunter Lipke for anything with that but um I think Schoonmaker taking him in the second round and his blocking ability yeah and of course a lot of uh establishing the ground game uh you know Tyler Smith Jerry Jones this morning on the fan the flagship station of the Dallas Cowboys radio network indicated that uh, Tyler Smith was having his MRI today he left practice early yesterday with a, a little hamstring soreness and Jerry indicated that they didn't think it was very serious but um, you know finally we get to see the offensive line the first teamers play together for the first time in a That's long a time one. yeah so I, I don't know about you Aisha no I'm really I'm I'm really I'm really excited to heard. see because you don't, you I, I don't think understand. they want it to be the identity yeah. of
3: the team yes yeah. I like and you asked about what are some things we're looking for. I'm really looking for the util- utilization of this new speed on the offensive side mm-hmm. of the ball. You mentioned a guy like Brandon Cooks, but you do have a Kevontae Turpin that's been more involved in the offense. And then you have the Deuce Vons. Tony Pollard is your number one running back, and you know the explosiveness he plays with. I think you do get some dope stuff from the tight ends, too. You have Peyton Hendershot, speed, can break away at the seams. And then, you know, obviously the 50-50 balls and stuff that Jake Ferguson can do. I'm really looking at that. Also, so just the tendencies in his play calling because when you watch Kellen Moore for a while i mean th- that was one of the offensive coordinators i became familiar with i knew very early in the game some of what his plans were what he was attacking things like that so with Mike McCarthy i want to see his situational play calling is he mm-hmm. more of is he more likely to go for it in 4th and 2 than a 4th and 3 just I want to see what his decision making is like. And it is very exciting. It is. It feels like a new, fresh start.
1: Real quick, while we're on this topic, we got a question um, from Mike in D.C. Fitting that we're talking about Mike McCarthy. And Mike uh, from D.C. sent us a question. He said, do you think that running the offense in the last preseason game, he's talking about Dak Prescott, does that make a better relationship with him and Coach Mike? So, not to be a mistake. Here, Mike is not the same Mike we're talking about, but he wants to know about the relationship between Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. This is something that I think we've talked about um, a lot, even last season. I think it's worth mentioning every time we get asked about it. I think it's such a healthy relationship that you're seeing with Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy has has put a real emphasis on not just the physical uh, emotion, physical, emotional, and mental well being of his players, but he genuinely cares, and you see that when he's talking about the conversations he has with these guys. Uh, you see that emotion come through when he was talking about, you know, the hard conversations on roster cut day. I think somebody like Mike McCarthy and the way he pours into his guys is so underappreciated and the culture that he has established within this building just really in all cylinders is just beyond underappreciated in my opinion.
3: Yeah, and and one thing about Dak Prescott that I know about him from looking at his his history, uh, the character, and some of the things his past coaches have said about him, he loves being coached. He enjoys most good players or great players They want the opportunity to perfect what they are doing. And who better than a gentleman in Mike McCarthy who has developed – there is – he has a reputation for doing this. There's history behind his ability to get behind his quarterbacks. QB school in itself is um, an opportunity for every quarterback to grow in. And so, for me – I think that the play calling showed, him Him play calling showed a lot of trust from them. But seeing their interaction on the sideline, I'm sure you got to see it. They're high-fiving. Oh, yeah. They're high-fiving. Yeah, high he's, he's proud of him. But I also understand that on the other side of the ball, we consider Dak a very cerebral player. He sees it. And getting to see it and execute it, from that way, it also gives you respect for what your coach does. Because right. we. I've learned that being in this business, when I've met the producers and when I've met some of the folks that, that do the camera work on the field and stuff, I have a different respect for what they do. Just getting little bits and pieces of experiencing it yeah. with them, yeah. and so yeah, this is super healthy. I'm glad you brought it up because I thought it was something that went kind of under the radar last week. I'm like, no, this is so healthy for this mm-hmm. team and the cohesiveness on the offensive side mm-hmm. of the ball.
1: I knew you'd like that question, <laughs> ah, girl, Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, you, you did well, it for me. Well, Any chance we get to hype up the, you did it the for me. relationship, exactly. Mike yeah. McCarthy has but, with the players? But were uh, do the, it.
2: the best thing that Mike McCarthy and the offense can do for Dak to make this truly Dak-friendly is to have a good run game, mm. and then I Save think the big Christy. big change. <laughs> with the offense this year, is you're just going to see Dak getting it out more quickly. Yes, the guys out in space make plays. The Cowboys were and Tony Pollard was tops in the league, but across the board, the Cowboys uh, run after catch. Yes, right uh, or run after contact. But th- those yards, I think that's really going to uh, pile up this season. And so one of the big differences with um, the offense is instead of you know looking high to low your progression, and this is a Such a generalization. But instead of high to low, it's more low to high. Get the ball out. Mm. Get the ball out. Get the ball out. Let him make plays. Get him in space.
1: Absolutely. Something else that um, Mike McCarthy talked about in his press conference was, you know, he – he talked about how, you know, he's been in this league for uh, years at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to be disrespectful and people be like, you're calling him old. No, I'm not. Um, But he talked about when he was a coordinator, one of the biggest things and challenges that he had was um, managing his assistant coaches. And so he said when it comes to having a good coordinator, because he was asked about Dan Quinn and if Dan's previous experience being a head coach kind of helps Uh, delegate the roles now that he's more involved with the play calling how that translates and Mike said you know it, it does help because again one of the biggest flaws and I believe he said one of the biggest mistakes in his opinion that a coordinator can do in the NFL is not have control of the assistant coaches and again we're talking about this this culture this environment that Mike McCarthy has really cultivated across the board he has Uh, Brian Schottenheimer. Yes. Who he has history with. He has John Fossil, who the guys, I mean, I've talked to players from previous years, years ago, that have worked with John Fossil that have bone stories that that just oh, yeah. show what a great guy he is to work under and then you have Dan Quinn, which you know the Dan Quinn effect that comes within it so this coaching staff, uh, they're ready and we're excited to see it.
2: There's one thing behind the scenes, we like to pull the curtain back so pull that back. people know Love kind of some of the things, that the culture of the Cowboys or how things work here at the Star in Frisco with the team and it goes to Jess's point about the way that Coach McCarthy tries to empower his staff, particularly the young guys and that's the general of the week and having having an assistant coach it's a different coach throughout the season wow. and on friday they are the ones that speak to the team They are the ones that prepare the message for that day. And it's for a guy like now Ryan Feeder, for example, an offensive assistant, has been with Coach all the way back to the time in Green Bay. But for that person to get up, not just in front of their room, their position group, but in front of the entire team to deliver the theme for that day or going into Mm. the weekend. Coach McCarthy, and I've been through, what, six head coaches with the Cowboys or something like that? But – uh he does the most in terms of, uh, I don't know, like distributing some of the... Um, delegating
1: almost? De- delegating. delegating. Thank yeah. you. That's, That's the word, yeah.
2: delegating. But also empowering uh, these young coaches to, to grow, you know, uh, their own skills and uh, the interpersonal skills and to get up in front of the team.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're going to take our first break when we come back. Don't worry. I see your questions rolling in about injury updates. I see them. We're going to answer I, them. We're getting there. We, we can't give you all the good stuff It's not in the all first good segment. news,
2: unfortunately. Ooh,
1: Well, we can't give you all of that in the first segment. Then you'd stop listening. So, text us your questions at 817 290 3298 We'll be right back. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby. The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia.
0: Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Ah. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it?
1: back to girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys we are going to get more into injury updates and a few other things such as locker room conversations but first experience the feeling of game day every day at the miller lighthouse at the star now open just steps away from the tostito tostitos championship plaza miller lighthouse features a cooler full of grab-and-go beverages and snacks tailgate games a recharging lounge a dallas cowboys photo op and complimentary uh, services. For more information, you can visit the star and dot com slash Miller Lighthouse. Uh, I was able to see the media preview of that, and D Ware oh, was there nice. hyping everybody up. Jerry just was ready to give all of us uh, a Miller Light. So that was that was one of those stories that I, I tell my mom, like, guess what happened today? Uh, and it was really cool. Keep your text your text of your questions rolling in at 817 yeah. 290 And Kurt, I know you didn't want to be on air, but
2: like you, I'm rooting for the cheetah and I don't mean Tyreek Hill. Oh, so man. thank you, Kurt. The, we got your we got your text.
1: Look, the text that we get on here, uh, They make us laugh uh, a lot of the times, and I don't think we've ever seen Christy laugh that hard. (laughs) I've never
3: seen y'all cackle like that. Um, I've never seen her cackle like that. I
1: don't know if I'm allowed to read this on here, so I'm not going to, but just know, Kirk, if you're listening, we read your message, and it was pretty funny. All right. Well, we are getting some questions more uh, about Tyler Smith, some of the latest update injuries as well, so let's get into that. Um, Tyler Smith, as Christy mentioned earlier, uh underwent or was supposed to undergo an mri today according to jerry jones when he spoke on the fan um this was a topic of conversation that was started pretty much right after practice because he had walked off christy did yeah you it just was that fairly fairly
2: early in yeah. practice and mm-hmm. walked off with the athletic trainer and so yeah that would be oh, finally we just talked about getting all the number you know the first team guys playing together for the first time in a long time but uh, we'll know more tomorrow again today uh, today is the players day off of course most of them come in even on their day off for treatment and to you know get a lift session in and eat free lunch at the star and things <laughs> like that but we will not see them on the practice field uh, until uh, almost about 11 30 tomorrow morning
1: absolutely so keeping a very close eye on that for obvious reasons we'll go back to that in a second i just want to get through the rest of these sam williams uh from the portion that we were out in practice yesterday he was dressed in street clothes Um, I'm not going to say didn't participate. We weren't out there for the entirety of practice, but it's safe to assume if he's in street clothes when we're out there, he probably didn't. He has Um, the turf toe. He does. He has the turf toe. So we haven't really gotten an update on that yet. I'm assuming at some point this week, probably tomorrow we
2: will. With the Sunday games, the teams don't have to turn in their official uh, injury reports until Wednesday.
1: Yeah. So we'll know more of all of this on Wednesday. Donovan Wilson, Christy. Yeah. Well,
2: hi. This Um, one. uh, Yeah. yeah. He
1: was, uh, he was, the part of,
2: of practice that's open to the media during the regular season, uh, Donovan Wilson was on the side working with uh, athletic trainer heavy Brett Brown. Yeah, heavy on bands, Yeah, heavy on the people. bands, of course. He's, he's had that uh, calf injury. It was actually the first training camp practice mm-hmm. back on uh, July 24th, 26th, in maybe. Oxnard. Yeah, in yeah. Oxnard, that uh, Wednesday practice. So, um, but, but we were talking – last week and or monday about the soft tissue injuries and yeah. how it's hard to overcome those
3: yeah i touch base with him in the locker room um because it's hard to catch him sometimes Yeah. i touch base with him about it and you know with hamstrings specifically like they can linger if if you if if you rush it back or anything like that. and i think he is very important to what they do so it feels like that's why it is if he doesn't go this week it's an extra precautionary like no we just give it one more however long t- for it to make sure that it doesn't linger later into the season because he's sure. such a pivotal part of the defense. Yeah and yeah. so uh, getting a lot of
2: reps yest- uh, yesterday Marquise Bell and then we also saw Wanye Thomas uh, work in there as well. Okay
1: yeah. absolutely and um, Mike McCarthy when he was asked about Dono during the press conference he said he's getting close That was about it. So,
2: but for McCarthy, it was very noncommittal. It was very noncommittal. I mean,
1: I'm talking like commitment. Mike McCarthy were not in the same room, right? Exactly. Um, So that's really that's really all we know so far uh, from what we saw in practice. There, there is some good news though. Darius
2: Armstrong, who hadn't hadn't been practicing uh, since really. Second week of training camp, and uh, he wasn't going to play anyway uh, in preseason, but he was uh, participating in practice.
1: There you go. So we start with the bad news to get to the better news. I love that. Um, speaking of being in practice, again, uh, guys have off today. What were some of the key things that you saw in the time that we were available and able to be out in the practice field? Aisha, I'll defer to you for this one. Was there anything specific that really just jumped out to you that was worth noting?
3: Oh, well, I mean, they were running seven on sevens uh, in the red zone. And number one, you could you could feel Dak's intensity turn up this week. And then also, two. Brandon Cooks, you could also feel his intensity in practice. You could just—he's ready to go, y'all. Like, you could see him high-stepping into the, the end zone and stuff, but he is—I I guess I didn't—we I, haven't gotten that close to them to hear them, but he's so strong in how he attacks the ball, and that's what I've noticed very, very quickly, is that the quarterback is getting his team— Ready to go, turning up the intensity, and then also Brandon Cooks being the veteran that he is, you can tell that he has stepped it up so the other guys can follow suit as well.
2: Yeah, we had Jalen Tolbert on uh, last night on the Cowboy Hour, which is uh, every Monday, and we do, do it at six o'clock here at the Star District. So during the season, if you're uh, in the area on a Monday evening, come to uh, the Star District, have a chance to sit in on the show, and maybe meet a, a Dallas Cowboy, uh, possibly get an autograph. But anyway, Jalen Tolbert, who is the the fourth wide receiver this year, Um, he talked about Brandon Cook's leadership. But one thing that um, Jalen did was go with Brandon back to Brandon's home in Oregon and worked with him uh, specifically. Uh, But Brandon, being the guy, the tutor that he is, pulling the young guy uh, under his wing, invited him so they worked together out there we know about Jalen and the the um, other wide receivers getting together with Dak and doing a lot of stuff in the off season. but actually the whole group ended up going up towards that uh, area uh, where Brandon is and then um, other parts of the country later in the spring but it was really cool to hear Brandon talk about excuse me Jalen talk about what Brandon had meant to him this off season.
1: These guys will spew any chance you give them to talk about Brandon Cooks and the impact that he's had. Um, I caught up with Michael Gallup in the locker room. Um, We had a really cool conversation where it's a story that really writes itself when you talk to Michael Gallup about what he wants from himself this year. Uh, He said his goal was to play a full season, obviously, but his bigger goal, he said, was to just appreciate every moment that he could uh, that he hasn't been able to get because of the injury um, last season. But... When, asked, when I asked him about Brandon Cooks, I said, I'm sure you're so tired of answering this question when it comes to how Brandon Cooks has helped you. He said, no, no, I'll talk about Brandon all day, every day. Have you seen how fast that guy is? And I said, no, because he's so fast. I didn't see him. (laughs) And he said, exactly. Um, so I, I'm just really happy that this team has that guy. You have that guy to really just emulate how well you can still play 10 years later when you're taking care of your body and prioritizing things. I mean, MG talked about the day Brandon cooks got in there and talked to everybody. The first thing he said was anything you guys need, you let me know any single thing you need. So Really cool
3: stuff there. In fairness, you have that. At every level, at almost every position. Yeah. True. You have a Zach Martin and a Tyron Smith. You have a Leighton Vander that's been in this league for a good while now. Understands that linebacker position. Safety, you get to Malik Hooker. His bounce back. I mean, corner, Stephon Diggs. That is one of the things we've talked about on this show, is that the maturity that they've brought into this, and not that there was a lack of it, but the, the experience and the maturity of the game that they've brought into this locker room is something that I think, is one of is going to be one of the biggest factors in how well they progress this year is the seniority in in these rooms can can sometimes bring pause and and have the conversations that need to be had that happen during the season or can reflect and stuff like that.
2: You know, one thing I'd like to share since we're into pulling back the curtain and letting people know how things work around here at the Star. (laughs) It's like the Wizard of Oz. If you were to take a tour of AT&T Stadium and go in the locker room, you would see that the configuration of how it's laid out for the players is very different from how it is during the week here at the Star in Frisco. Keep in mind that the only time the players are at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington is for game day. All the work is done here at the Star in Frisco. And this is something that Wade Phillips, when he was the head coach of the Cowboys, implemented. Most of you and a lot of you have played football that are are listening to us or watching. Uh, and you know that, like AT&T Stadium, you have one side of the locker room as offense, the other is defense, and it's by position group so that the offensive line coach, Mike Solari, can talk to the offensive lineman, uh, you know, at, at halftime, and the quarterbacks are together, and then the wide receivers, because you have your position groups, and then offense, defense, and then you go out on the field. That's not the way it is here at the Star. It is a mix, mix and match around the locker room. So Dak Prescott is right in the middle. By the way, here at the star, the uh, locker room is shaped like the table here, uh, like our studio table. It's shaped like a football, and so the middle part, Dak is in the middle. C. D. Lamb is,
1: is oh, on I mean, one real, side. Did I you notice that was the shape? Yeah. No. Once you said it, both of our lights like kind of went on over here. I didn't notice that was the shape of the but, table. But, but uh,
2: instead of um, now, actually, it's interesting, Jess. Your favorite group, the uh, tight ends, favorite, all four of those guys room. have. Happen to be together mm-hmm. but everyone else you'll have a defensive lineman next to an offensive lineman next to a cornerback uh and and it's really interesting because what happens on a team is the same thing that happens in our workplace in our schools in our churches in our neighborhoods we form cliques don't mm-hmm. we the mm-hmm. offensive linemen are always together the defensive linemen are always together but the way it is here at the star the you're not You're not surrounded all the time, if you're a DB, by just the DBs. You're next to a tight end. And the punter's on the other side of you over there. (laughs) So it it forces the interaction and I think is really important to the culture of the team. And maybe there are some other NFL uh, teams around the league that at their practice facility have it that way. But I can tell you the first, what, 15, 20 years of me doing the Cowboys, it was the same at the stadium as it was at – at the time Valley Ranch and it was when Wade Phillips came in that that it was more you know mix and match.
1: Sure and I'm so glad you brought up the tight end room because the first thing I noticed was that Luke's locker Luke Schoonmaker his locker was added to the rest of them with Sean McEwen and Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot and so I went up to him and I said hey you're here now and he was so excited to have his locker by the rest of the tight end room. And if you haven't been here, their lockers are in the corner of the room. And so you just always know there's going to be some kind of chaos when you look over there. <laughs> they were doing this little, and, and I I didn't know this actually, um, they were telling me yesterday, I thought it was just a game that they were playing as far as uh, you point one way and the, the goal of the game is you have to look the other way from what the other person is pointing. So if I look at Christy and I point this way, She has to look any other direction, but they do it fast, right? So they're going and they're making these noises and they're doing everything. And I asked Luke, I said, is this a you guys thing or is this a football drill thing? Am I new to this? What's going on? He said, no, this is something that, you know, even was introduced to some people back in high school. I guess it's a, it's a football drill, but it's called shadow boxing. Thank you, Jazzy. However, (laughs) the twist that the tight ends put on it is that they have kind of a three out rule. And so, you know, the drill is just you do it and you keep going over and over. Oh, no. The, your Dallas Cowboys tight ends. They do it until they get three out and then everything erupts. You hear them scream. That's why I kept hearing them scream in the corner <laughs> is because they have three chances to kind of get it right. And then once somebody messes up, then the game's over and then they have bragging rights for the rest
3: of the day. I never thought so, I'd be talking about shadow boxing.
1: Yeah, that's that's what they were doing in the locker room. <laughs> we did that in the military,
3: too. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm over here cackling. Well,
1: we do have some questions coming in. Let's go ahead and save them for our last segment. We're going to take our final break. We're going to talk about some more locker room coverage that we had, as well as answering some of your questions. Just a hint, one of them is about a certain lion uh, on this roster. We're going to talk about that and more. This is Girls Talk Boys, Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We
0: will be right back.
1: girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys we are talking all about Dallas Cowboys locker room uh, conversations, and we're taking some of your questions. But first, a fan-favorite event, Market at the Star, presented by Flea Style, will take place on Saturday, September 9th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. out on the Tostitos Championship Plaza. Come shop from 50-plus local makers, offering art, fashion, decor, and more at this free outdoor market. Visit thestar.com for more information. Okay, ladies, I like to leave this last segment up to kind of what people want to know I think it's really important that we have this open communication with our listeners uh you can text us your questions at 817-290-3298 we want to know what what you guys are wanting to really hone in on and, and what questions you have. So I figured it'd be fun to open it up to these questions. Aisha, you're going to love this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a question that says, do you think the Cowboys are considering matching Diggs up with Waller this week, or is it going to be Curse versus Waller for all four quarters?
3: It depends. Because last year, because I went back and watched the game from last year, and I saw there was an... They moved Darren—not Darren Waller. The tight end at the time, I can't remember. But who Jaron Kirsten didn't get a whole bunch of play. Like, he didn't get a lot of opportunities to make plays on tight ends because they were moving They were moving their inside receiver. And I think it was Ingram. I think it was Ingram. No, it couldn't have been Ingram. Anyway, I'm sorry. But the way that I feel like that they're going to— I believe that they're going to probably try to move Darren Waller on— off of J-Ron Curse, there might be different instances where he's lined up on the outside as opposed to being doing more of the inside things, um, because this is that's the matchup for me, y'all. I think that that's the boxing match that we're looking for, because you're talking six four meets six six, long arms like meets. Big catch radius. This is the matchup, and with him being—with this receiver core, the receiver core on the Giants' side, it's still fairly young. It's still fairly trying to figure, kind of figure things out. I can see Darren Waller becoming a huge security blanket for Daniel Jones that is still young and developing. I— I think Jaron Ron Curse is going to get some, some opportunities to make some plays as opposed to last year where it seemed like there was an intention to make sure that they didn't have to match up against him. They definitely tried to bounce it to the outside more.
1: While we're staying on the topic of Sunday's matchup against the New York Giants Sunday Night Football, welcome back. Um, we got a question, uh, Christy, I'll defer this one to you. We can open, uh, make an open discussion for this one. Mm -hmm. Will Daniel Jones be able to make it out of the game after this pummeling go Cowboys? Uh, that is from Chris in San Angelo. We're going to (laughs) reword that a little nicer and say, who is going to get the first sack of the game? Oh, see, that's,
2: that's a great question right there. Um, Micah or... D law, I know to saying that D law ate him up last year. Here's the thing, uh, Daniel Jones was sacked eight times by the Cowboys yes. last year, five times in Week Three up at MetLife Stadium, and this year they've got a rookie center, John Michael Schmitz, Junior. John Jacob Jingle. Anyway, and and then uh, and then I believe uh, two rookies. Uh, I'm sorry, um, they've been. I'm sorry, the rookie center, and then they've been working a rotation with kind of three different guards, so they're kind of, you know, I won't say unsettled, but they, that's something that they've been working through this offseason as well, so, uh, okay, are you going to take D-Law? I'll take Micah. I'm taking D-Law. You're taking D-Law? I'm taking D-Law,
1: and that's because D-Law, he's somebody that I've talked to a lot this offseason, and what I really appreciate about him is he's like, look, I'm not young anymore. I feel it in my age. I'm getting older. But he said, I'm still ready to go, and I'm still just as hyped as I once was when I was a young young spring chicken, right? Uh, my word's not his, but he, he was talking about how he feels older. The thing is, is he was so underappreciated in the Giants games because it seemed like what was going on was Dable was a little too focused on Micah Parsons and forgot, Hey, you have a tank on the other side of the line. You don't just have a line to really worry about. So I think, yes, they're going to be a little bit smarter in covering both of them. I think you're going to see deal. have probably triple t- double coverage this game compared to what he did last time. However, I'm still going to say he is going to get the first sack of this game. However, In case you didn't know, Michael Gallup also told me that the uh, offense and the defense are having a competition for who can get the most takeaways, the most sacks and the most touchdowns against each other. So you're having a little internal battle. You can't tell me when you get a D-Law and a Micah Parsons that know that there's, like, a competition going on, they're not going to yeah. make sure it happens. Yeah, so. the,
2: the only thing is, you know, um, D-Law may be the better bet because Andrew Thomas is their Pro Bowl, second team All-Pro. Yeah. He plays on the left side. But, uh, okay, if you're going to take D-Law and you've got Micah, then I'll just do a curveball. I didn't and, say and I, You didn't
3: even let me answer. No, oh. no I thought you were taking it. No, she took, she took D-Law. Okay, who you got? I got also Diggy Zool. Oh yeah, oh, so curveball. Okay, I'm saying up because the yeah, yeah, I'm saying because yeah. uh, I mean, John, you just mentioned the interior, mm-hmm. and then also too, you have a young rookie coming in as center. Mm-hmm. If their tackles are better suited, which it sounds like, if that's the strength, I see Dan Quinn and those gentlemen attacking the interior and. So, yeah. the Oso oh Diggy Zuaz, maybe we might get a Jonathan Hankins sack because he in the offseason, <laughs> I mean, y'all laughing. Y'all laughing, but he had one in the San Fran game, no, but did. also he's been working in the offseason yeah. to improve that yeah, also.
2: The, 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 one, the one thing about Daniel Jones, though, is he is such an effective runner. Oh, yeah. He's and so you have yeah. to, You, it's not one of these things. Even though they sacked him eight times last year, this isn't one of those things where you just pin your ears back and go after him. I'm you so have nice. to be gap responsible you have to keep him in because he um mm-hmm. he was their second leading rusher last year i mean he had over 700 rushing yards and he's very uh, effective in that and he's kind so of tall. a sneaky sneaky fast uh kind of guy and so uh mm-hmm. let me just yeah so he rushed for a team record for a quarterback giants uh 708 yards and 120 carries and seven rushing touchdowns so uh and that is it's um it's just make sure that that you keep them in the well that's what yeah keep them in the well
1: real quick we got another question let's let's switch lines a little bit let's talk about some offensive line um chris wants to know with a possible Tyler Smith hamstring issue uh you're ta- you're talking kind of a long term injury I'm trying to paraphrase this uh if if that happens what did the cowboys do where does the line kind of shift at that point who shifts who steps in what does your line look like if Tyler Smith is not able to play
3: so i'm going to assume um that uh Doga would be the gentleman that maybe they put in at the left guard position um, I believe and this is me from evaluating TJ Bass that he could fill in at left guard mm-hmm. that is where he played in college mm-hmm. he's an interior player but I'm I would this is a big moment this is a big game I don't know if they would want to put him in that position to start maybe they go with a veteran that's been under the lights before or, or something like that so I'm going to to answer your question, sir, I think I believe that I it would be a, maybe a Chumee Doga that would come in and, and, and shore up that left guard spot until Tyler was ready yeah. to go. And don't forget,
2: uh, Awesome Richards, yes, uh, you yeah.
3: know, has some yeah.
2: position flex yeah. too. Yep. Absolutely. So, but th- but the one thing is, um, just in regards to being active on game day, uh, whether or not Tyler Smith, um, you know, is a hundred percent or ninety percent or whatever, the Cowboys are definitely going to have uh, eight offensive linemen up. Because if you have um, in the past teams would, uh, including the Cowboys, would sometimes only have seven offensive linemen up. But if you have eight offensive linemen up, then you can have 48 players active on game day, as well as with the new rule this year, your third quarterback. Mm -hmm. So um, so I think that um, uh, don't be surprised if Awesome and Bass might be at Hoffman as well. Don't Mm -hmm. forget. um, They could, you know, uh, make him a. Elevation, elevation and have him available too because uh, he's got more experience than richards and uh, bass so it's going to be interesting to Sometimes see how they maneuver it
1: i swear you read my mind christy because i was just about to ask you about that third quarterback role we got some clarity from the nfl on what exactly mm-hmm. that is let's go through that let's talk that's kind of it's a little bit of an interesting rule. it reminds me of the the hockey rule that was put into place that I learned about last season when we're talking about hockey but Christy talk about that third quarterback rule and how exactly that can come into play kind of what that looks like okay even though there are 53
2: people on the roster not all 53 can be active on game day you can have up to 48 players active meaning that you would have to deactivate five um if if eight offensive linemen are available if you only have two backup linemen active then you'd be down to 47 Um, the rule for the third quarterback this year is if he is on your 53 man roster and not elevated from the practice squad then he basically is like an extra player but he can only enter the game if the first two players are injured and or being evaluated for injury. In other words, they suck and we're going to go with the young guy or we just want to get a young guy some work because we're up by 30 points, not going to happen. It has to be injury related. Uh, And so, yeah, so so, so, so it's very, it's very convoluted. The one thing that is different because there, I know there are some super big uh, long-term NFL fans out there that listen to this. The old rule was um, if the third quarterback went in you there used to be an emergency third quarterback and if they went in the game the first two player the first two quarterbacks could not go back in that is not the case with this rule if one of your first two quarterbacks is healthy enough to re-enter the game they would be allowed to if they get hurt again the third quarterback could go back in does that make sense i know it's very convoluted and i'm sorry that it's kind of the wheels are spinning here but it's uh it's a complicated rule and hopefully we don't see Trey Lance play this year right
1: <laughs> let's, no. let's hope not let's hope but,
2: but he will be but he you know expect him to be in uniform and on the sideline and but only if Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush were both injured not a, or being evaluated for mm-hmm. injury uh would Trey Lance be able to go in the game
1: Well, there you go. Speaking of which, we saw him at practice, and uh, he's still learning. You can see the progress that he is making, but speaking of practice... That will be once again tomorrow, the Dallas Cowboys continue their preparation for Sunday's game against the New York Giants. Uh, We will hear again from Mike McCarthy tentatively as well, and then there will be more player availability. So that means now that we are back in the swing of the regular season, Girls Talk, Boys Talk will be uh, Monday through Thursday at 4 o'clock unless something changes. Uh, But for the most part, that will be our schedule once again. So we'll be at this 4 o'clock slot, meaning... Our time here has come to an end today, ladies. Um, But we will be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. We're looking forward to giving you more insight from tomorrow's practice and some of the locker room conversations as well. So, as always, thank you guys so, so much for joining us. Ladies, always a pleasure doing this with you uh, every day. And now that we're in the swing of the regular season... Yeah, every day. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. This is Aisha Morrison, Christy Scales, Justin Barris for Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!